Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Mario was found murdered this morning, an axe buried in his skull. Our prime suspect, Gimli, the short guy from Lord of the Rings. No, uh, um, not those short guys. It, look, it's the first person we could think of who kills with an axe. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including an Amiibo re-release and a surprising new costume for Super Mario Odyssey. And then on Thursday, come back because we're going to be doing a little bit of a doubleheader, talking about Starlink, the Battle for Atlas, and Dark Souls Remastered on Switch. So that'll be fun. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Yeah. Tell me about that. I mean, not much more to say. That's good. Uh, things are pretty okay. Yeah. Not much I, to complain about. Can something be pretty okay or is it just okay? <laughs> I mean, is there extremity? Are there extremities to okay? Yeah, well, when when would you need to qualify okay? I do you do you consider when I say pretty okay, do you think mm. that is uh let's take the temperature on this. Above yeah. okay or is pretty okay like below okay or so is it you're, like you're, you're just saying, not committing you're saying closer to good yes yeah I, I i would i would assume that pretty okay means closer to good okay the, the, then then to bad yeah that's great and I mean, better than than okay i mean i was about to say better than perfect and that's wrong <laughs> that is not what i believe we at can't all agree that is wrong um so i am also pretty okay <laughs> I updated my the operating system on my computer when I came home from work today. Ah, to Mojave? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it allowed me, I could choose between like light setting and dark setting. Oh, yes. Um, and I went with dark setting. So now I'm like, everything I'm looking at here is just like a little bit darker. In some cases, a lot darker. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a different... Like, I've got a different, there's a different mood over here from this side of the hosting chair, which is I've decided the chair is, the hosting chair. Um, so I don't, if, if I come out, if I come off like a little bit strange today, just know it's because I'm getting less light shining directly in my face as we record this episode. Have you checked out ca- the calendar app? I have dark not. mode? I have not. It's pretty cool. I'm sorry. Is there supposed to be a nerd alert going off right I, I about don't know. now? It's Do we a, have a? Well, I mean, I, here's the thing, Mark. Is that uh, we uh, have I use some software to like sort of balance out the sound on this thing, uh-huh. and the nerd alert is constantly going off. <laughs> but we just have that just reads as room tone, and <laughs> GarageBand just takes it out. Of course, of course. Um, it's 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 a, a wild ride. You're saying? I'll check it out. We'll report back next time. I'll just say it's. Pretty okay. <laughs> uh, look, guys, you can check out your um, calendar apps, or you could be friends with us on Switch. Uh, guess which one of those is more fun? It's the Switch one, because then you can see what Mark and I are playing. Um, it's I, I love getting these uh, friend requests from people um, and just seeing the games you guys are playing. Yes, yeah, sometimes games I've never heard of. Never heard of. Mark, we do this show every week, twice every week. We read through a list of new releases, 
and the people are still playing still surprised. games that I've never heard of. Um, our friend codes are in the episode description, so just find them there and friend us on Switch. Uh, we love it. You tolerate it, and uh, we everything goes on as as before. Um, Mark, we've got something big coming up. That's right. Not that far away at this point. No. Okay. Very soon. On November eighth, we're going to be releasing an episode where we definitively. Mm-hmm come up with a list of the eight best NES games of all time. couple of ground rules. Mm-hmm. Only one game per series will be on the list. That's right. So only one Zelda. Only one Mario. Only one, one DuckTales. <laughs> and, uh, oh, the other rule is that it has to have appeared on the NES. Can't be a Famicom exclusive. Right. That's right. Um, so we're, we're going to come up with this list, possibly with a guest. We haven't really talked about it. Um, but we need your help because look, Mark and I will make bad decisions left to our own devices. I'll put Skate or Die 2 on this list. And I'll probably be okay with that. Yeah, because Mark doesn't know enough to stop me. You know enough to stop me, okay? So you can write in to Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and give us your list of eight NES games that are the best of all time. Or if you want to just throw up a block on one game and say, Star Tropics 2 Zoda's Revenge does not belong on that list, you are welcome to try it. That's right. We're not like the UN Security Council. You don't get a full veto. Is that how that works? Is that how the UN Security Council works? Yeah, for permanent sitting members. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> but, so we're not like that. No, we're not like that, but we will take all of your input into consideration. That's a lot right. of you have already written in. We're like wise old kings. We, Mark, we are exactly like kings. That is correct. Um, but look, you need to get this in. People are participating. If you haven't already emailed us, you are missing out because other people are already doing it. Uh, what else can people do with that email address, Mark? Of course, borrow your copy of Sonic Forces. My copy of Sonic Forces. All you have to do is email us your mailing address. Yes. And you'll be put on a list. It's like Gamefly, basically. It's like a one-game Gamefly for free. That's right. That uh, eventually it'll be mailed to you. Patrick includes a re- return postage. That's so right. So you pay nothing. Except your time for playing Song Forces, which you're volunteering to do. Nobody's forcing you. On this topic, we got an email from a listener. Uh, <clears throat> the email reads, hey, guys, big ups, which is something we sort of stopped saying. But we well, should, we, we stopped doing guest weather. That's true. Um, the email goes on. I'm getting in touch as I'm wondering if, Sonic, if the Sonic Forces borrowing programs need to be, needs to be independently audited. On your show of Tuesday, October 9, it was mentioned that the game hadn't left North America and that a discussion about it crossing the, the Atlantic took place. However, my request from January 2018, where I was told I was there were two people ahead of me, still remains unfilled, even when Patrick mentioned an interest in Sonic's European holiday. Is the borrowing scheme a, a scam? Anyway, JK, I love you guys. Just keep up the good work, your friend. Anthony. Wow, we got put on blast we by Anthony. We got put on blast. Uh, and of course, I responded to uh, this email saying, uh, I'm reading this, reading this on the next app and we will work this out on mic. So this is you and me working it out on mic. Here's the thing. Uh, Anthony, when you wrote to us in January, that was the beginning of Sonic Adventure's long sojourn throughout, the, uh, throughout North America. It was gone for six months, seven months. Oh, yeah. But that's because... It did go international. Right, but just to Canada. <laughs> what do we do? 
<laughs> Why the qualifier? I I don't know because it's 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 a different uh, it's it's different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> um. So I sent it up there, and now I'll I'll admit I'm a little bit gun shy about sending this thing across uh, national borders. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So does the program need an independent audit? Mark, what do you think? Um. Should we ever send this thing over to Anthony or well, not? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think what Anthony is asking. Yes. Is when you were uh, going down the list yes. and sending it out to people, yes. did you at the time? At which time? The, uh, when, when it came back after right. its long disappearance? Yes, exactly. After its long disappearance, I skipped Antony. Okay, that's all we wanted to know. That's, that's what we wanted to know because right. I don't think an audit is necessary because the order was correct. Yes. You just made the choice. I elected to skip you it. elected not to skip Here's the thing. If it's going to take it another seven months to go uh, to, <laughs> to the UK and back, I don't, know, I don't know if it's worth it. Well, here's something crazy. Yeah. And I don't know that we can come to a decision on it right now. Okay, right. Lay it on me. What if we purchased a second copy of Whoa! Sonic Forces and got two of these babies going in the wild? Uh, I think that would be fun. Just something to think about. Right, I don't know that we're coming to a conclusion right this moment. I think it's also possible that there is a second game that we could put into the rotation here. And you just write in saying that you want to borrow something. That's not as much fun. It's got to just be Sonic Forces, right? I kind of think so. <laughs> All right. We'll figure it out. Uh, so th thank you for the feedback. We will. And uh, thank you for keeping us honest. Thank you, please, for keeping us honest. Uh, uh, also, an another question from the current borrower um, of Sonic Forces. Um, uh, he says, am, am I supposed to use the controller skins? Uh, I, I might. Uh, wait, if so, I might as a joke. But if not, no loss. So there are controller, there are like skins for Joy-Cons that came with this game, um, and I have sent them along to everyone, and no one, <laughs> no one has used them so far. Um, but uh, I, my, my official stance on this is I will not tell you how to use my copy of Sonic Forces. If you want to use the Joy-Con skins, great. If you want to not use the Joy-Con skins, perfect. If you want to chew up the copy of sonic forces and then put it back that's fine i i absolve every no myself i absolve myself of any responsibility you the listeners get to do whatever you want with my copy of sonic forces which i think is it should be uh ncs policy i think that is just and right um very good we are nothing if not just and right but uh, hmm. remind us where does somebody send their oh, mailing yeah. address if they want to be part of this thriving program nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com all right mark now let's get into the games that we've been playing this week tuesday night sarah went to the uh dodgers Brewers game? Brewers game, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, this was before the, the series was decided. Um, it was their second game in L.A. It's a game that they ended up winning. In was the this the one that went like 13 innings? Yes, exactly. Um, so I was uh, hanging out by myself on Tuesday night, and I said, Mega Man 11, you're going down. And it did. I beat Mega Man 11. Thank nice. you. Awesome. Um, the game is uh, exceedingly difficult. Um, the, the hardest level in the game to my eyes was uh the first dr wiley level um 
you saw me do a, a try to like speed run a little bit of it um, over the weekend. I did not do a good job at it. Um, and it ends with a uh, Yellow Devil fight. Do you know the Yellow Devil from Mega Man? Uh, is he in the Mega Man level in Smash Brothers? He is. He's oh, that yeah, big okay. yellow thing that uh-huh. like breaks off into pieces and like zips across the stage. And those every Yellow Devil fight is a um, maddening exercise in both like tight precision execution of jumps and slides and memorization of like the pattern that he comes across in. Um, and this one was no exception. He was very difficult. Um, and you know, he's at the end of a super tough level and the game doesn't, you know, Mega Man 11 is still built very much like Mega Man one or Mega Man two or Mega Man three, where like, if you get to the end of the level and you've earned your way to the end of that level, and then you die fighting the boss, like you get two more dies, two more tries at it. And then you're going all the way back to the beginning. Um, so it took me a long time to beat this guy. But man, did it feel good when I finally did it. Um, yeah, really, really, really liked Mega Man 11. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Uh, have you beaten every Mega Man game that you have played, like attempted? Uh, no. So Mega Man games that I have beaten are 1, 2, 3, 4, uh, not 5 or 6 or 7 or 8. Although of those games, I've really only given an honest try to five. Mm-hmm. Um, beat nine, beat ten, and now beat eleven. And now I beat eleven. Yeah, uh, w- like you were saying, I watched was watching a little bit of it when we hanged out, hung out this weekend. And man, I know we talked about it before, but that game is so cool looking. I really like the way the game looks. I know it uh, continues to get like a little bit of crap for it's like sort of more generic like anime look, but I think it, I think they execute on it so well. Um, that it's uh remains worthy of praise. Yeah, I totally agree. And when we were hanging out this weekend or this past weekend, uh, we also played some Super Mario Party. We did. Which was um, my first experience with the game. Yeah. Uh, tell me your impressions of Super Mario Party. I thought it was fun. It I, was fun. It's very fun. We played one of uh like the tropical fruit island board. Yes. Um. And you, the, me, and Sarah, and one computer player uh-huh. who ended up beating us. By the way. <laughs> It doesn't feel good. It did not feel awesome. <laughs> but what did feel awesome was having both of our Switches under the same roof, something that has never happened in the two-plus years of this show. Ridiculous. It's an extremely portable console, and you're here every week, <laughs> sometimes multiple times. <laughs> um, yeah, we made the uh, unfortunate discovery, I would say, that to play any of the multiple Switch games that you know we were interested in playing yeah, and in, like Toads, in Mario Party. Yeah. What is it called? Toads Rec Room. Toads Rec Room. Um, the the ones where you like line them up to do like a little tank battle and the like matching up the bananas. Um, you need two copies of the game. Yeah, seemingly. Which uh, maybe there was a way to, but we uh, messed around with it for entire seconds and couldn't <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little bit lame. It was cool when 3DS t- titles, you would, it, they either had like download play. Yeah. Or there were a few titles where you could like go to the uh, eShop and then download just like the multiplayer component. Which I believe was specifically for that Mario Party top top 100. No, the, maybe the one before that um, had a, just like a version of it that you can download for free that was just to participate in someone else's. Um, game who actually owns it yeah that was that was a little bit disappointing 
But, you know, I'm not sad that I didn't buy Super Mario Party because I don't know really, like, the opportunities I would have to play it, like, my own copy with, like, a large group of people, which seems like the most fun way to do it. But I did have a lot of fun playing Super Mario Party. Yeah, and I think uh, three, like, the the board game, the regular game itself worked with three of us. Like, the three of us and one computer player. But if it's too, like, that's too much. You're spending half of the game just, like, watching it play itself. Yeah. Um, but, man, I don't know. The, the like, crazy ride that the game, like, takes you on of, like, just awarding players stars for no reason. And, like, you know, people ratcheting up these, like, insane bonuses and just, like, moving so far across the map. There was one turn where this Peach we were playing against moved uh, so far that she collected two stars Yeah, there was in one w- turn. There was one point where she, like, went one direction on the map, and all three of us were like, bah-ha-ha, what a dumb move. That's right. She wiped the earth with us. She Yeah, and salted it afterwards. We were destroyed. Um, But, so, yeah, I'm going to... Look, I know this is the third week in a row that we've brought up uh, Super Mario Party. I will continue to do it until I'm done playing this game. <laughs> I'm having fun. Uh, and then, of course, we played some Starlink Battle for Atlas and Dark Souls Remastered. But we will say nary a word. That's right. Until Thursday's episode. Other than just to mention that if you, <laughs> if you are uh, thinking about picking up Starlink, we will be spending some time talking about the various ways that you can buy it. That's right. It is a maze so if you can hold out for another two days and wait for thursday uh i will try to offer some guidance but i will you know i'm like hoggle in the labyrinth that i'm probably going to lead you astray <laughs> i'm going to but do with the my best, best of intentions the best of intentions uh-huh. but also doesn't he's like contracted by david bowie to like mess her up right uh, i haven't seen the labyrinth spoilers for, really for labyrinth <laughs> All right, uh, so that's what we've been playing this week. Mark, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, October 23rd, Just Dance 2019 is released on Switch. Um, I also think it's coming out on Wii U and I believe on the Wii. Actually, it may be skipping the Wii U and it might just be on Switch and Wii. That makes sense. I would believe that. Put it out on Wii. Uh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers is released and Windjammers on the Switch eShop. I want to talk about both of these, however, briefly. Nickelodeon Kart Racers has Ninja Turtles in it. They're a Nickelodeon property now. I know. Um, I really like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, especially as they come out of the comic books that are being published by IDW right now. Um, And it's almost enough almost enough to make me say do i want to get nickelodeon kart racers and you like kart racers i do like kart racers uh i'm gonna do some research on this and see if it see if it's any good it's got donatello in it mark uh and then wind jammers yeah wind jammers um is you know some sort of legendary neo geo game where you're throwing discs around i don't know it's supposed to be really good i have zero experience with it um other so than... it's a retro game yes exactly um and it is uh they are making a sequel to it it was announced in like one of the um like nintendo director indie showcase or something like that um which is weird and crazy we are living in in this era where a mostly forgotten neo geo game from the 90s can get a a re-release and b sequel on current hardware so <laughs> Strange times. Yes. And then uh, October 25th and October 26th. Look, there's a lot of games on this list. But 
You you want me to see how fast I can go? Uh, how fast I can read them? <laughs> yeah. Insect Planet, Insect Planet, Chicken Range, Exterium X, Puzzle Wall, Super Hyperactive Ninja, Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle, Pinstripe, Storm in a Teacup, 7 Billion Humans, World Puzzles by Paug, Black and White Bushido, Car Quest, Aqua TV, 1001 Ultimate Mahjong 2, Dracula's Legacy, Pianista, Fairy Tales Puzzles, Luke and Rebecca, uh, Johnny Turbo's Arcade, Heavy Burger, and then on the 26th, My Hero One's Justice, NERO, 911 Operator and Halloween pinball. So uh, it's, a, it's a regular grab bag. It's a regular grab bag of games that you're not going to play, right? Well, um, some. I mean, I, I don't think we can say that anymore because we have lots of uh, friends on our Switch accounts who are playing games that I don't know about. And there could be a very cool game in there. There could. It, it just doesn't have the marketing of, say, a Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, this is obvious, obviously what's happening is everyone sees Red Dead Redemption 2, which is coming out on Friday, October 26th, and saying, I'm going to get out of the way of Rockstar Games' new game, and just I won't even put, put anything out. But if you're playing Storm in a Teacup, you know, let us know. Nintendo Cartridge Society <laughs> at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Um, mark nothing on there. It draws your interest. I mean, I'm always interested by anything called Heavy Burger. I laughed at Luke and Rebecca. <laughs> I bet it's nice. I bet it's a nice sure, game. I bet, I'm sure it's very I nice. It's nice. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's, uh, let's get out of the new releases. And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are talking about the dangers, or supposed dangers, of trick or treating. So we got into this partially because you want to talk about razor blades and candy. Well, I wanted to talk about, like, where did that story come from? Uh, did, Is it a real threat? I, do, I mean, I don't think it's a real threat, right? Because, first of all, what would be the point? I guess if you're, like, a maniac? Okay, if you're a maniac and what you want to do is hurt a child, like days after you see them sure also like a razor blade that's pretty big right so i well that's well that's one of the stumbling blocks is like how do you get razor blade into a candy undetected here's what i think i don't think we should have this conversation on mic and distribute it to people (laughs) here's what i think yeah is that the story comes from the 70s or 80s when it was more common for people to hand out homemade treats. Sure. Like uh, car- caramel apples or, or like, like rice corn balls. Treats. Yeah, exactly. Something like not prepackaged. Man, Something it would, would be so easy to hide a razor blade exactly. in a Rice Krispie treat. Yeah. And so you don't even need to bake those. <laughs> uh, so that's where I think it comes from. Did, did you, like growing up, were your parents, like, nervous about you going trick-or-treating? Did you like going trick-or-treating? Um, I liked going trick-or-treating because I have a uh, sweet tooth. Sorry, the uh, the uh, audience here is laughing at the, the sort of pause between movements is, is what's happening. Um, the uh, Yeah, so, no, my parents were never, uh, like, we were told to, like, you know, only go, you know, not accept candy from 
like people we didn't know but like you're going to houses you don't know um and i mean we were always in like the neighborhood or like someone else's neighborhood we were never just like off in some like you know place that we didn't know or didn't understand like it, it felt like it was a very safe sort of structured thing all the time where did did you ever were you like scared of trick-or-treating no i uh, did you like it not I, I i'm sure I, i'm sure i liked it mm-hmm. like um uh i didn't like having to choose a costume i found mm. that stressful uh but yeah we always just went in like the neighborhood um and like when i got a little bit older my parents were pretty much like once you turn 12 like you no longer need to trick or treat, and I actually think that's a fair rule. I do think that's a fair rule because nobody wants to see like thirteen-year-old boys walking around with like no. weird like peach fuzz, just being like gross and dumb thirteen-year-olds. First of all, not trying hard enough on their costumes. Universally true of thirteen-year-olds. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, it was probably when I was thirteen, like the last year that my friends and I tried to go trick or treating, um, and you know, like really half-hearted, uh, like had costumes. Um, and like, we're getting, you know, like looks and like snide little comments from like everyone. And then it's just like, all right, time, time to put this to bed. No, no more need to trick or treat. I think in high school, I went trick or treating for UNICEF for like the March of Dimes, is that two separate things. Sure. Okay. Where you like walk around with like a little, you're not dressed up. You're just like going door to door and like asking people for change and they put it in your little box. Right. You know, one of those things you're like, this will look great on my college transcript. And it's like, nobody Nobody cares. cares. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to like impress someone on a college uh, uh, transcript, oh yeah, I was gonna uh, say application, resume, but that's not right either. <laughs> Raise some real money. Yeah, not, become a venture capitalist before yeah. you're 18. Not some. Dimes. You want to impress somebody, especially me. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Look, anything you can do to help is, of course, obviously very great, and we appreciate your efforts. And anything you can spend, we appreciate it. Um, there was one danger trick or treating in the greater Chicago area where I grew up uh, is that some years it would be very cold Mm. on Halloween and you have to decide, do I wear my winter jacket over my three musketeers costume or do I try somehow to wear the coat under my three musketeers costume? I never really lived anywhere where it got that cold in October. Yeah. So I never experienced like a freezing Trick or treat. There was one t- this uh, this year with the um, Three Musketeers costumes with my uh, two friends, Reed and Jeff, who also had the, the same costumes, um, where we were up at like Jeff's grandma's for the weekend before Halloween. We were trick or treating up there, um, and it was snowing. Like it was snowing while we were trick or treating. That's amazing. I, <laughs> you persevered. I did. I did persevere. It it felt like they were applauding me. It it, it did. Man, that felt great. Uh, and I guess we'll never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by the BBC Orchestra, as conducted by Lawrence Foster. All right, Mark. Let's get into the news. If you missed out on any Smash Brothers amiibo in the past, it looks like you'll have another chance to pick them up sometime this fall. Uh, as required by law, Nintendo keeps a list of products that fall under the regulations of the U.S.'s Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act and updates the certificates of compliance as required. Uh, the listings for various Smash Brothers amiibo, including Marth, Sheik, Wii, Wii Fit Trainer, and of course, 
Jigglypuff, of course, among others, uh, were updated to include a September 2018 manufacturing date. Uh, so this raises a couple questions, right? Sure. Like, who's keep who's watching these pages, and then how does it like disseminate to the greater internet? Because I know there are like Reddit. <laughs> the answer is Reddit. <laughs> but like, who is somebody that is? Have you ever j- been to r slash Amiibo? I, I know those people are out <laughs> of their minds. I know, and like there are like browser extensions that you can download that yes. like alert you when a page is updated. You're right. We yeah, we answer. It's this. it's it Reddit. It's Reddit. Sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and sense. I mean, there every single time that there was uh, a like new wave of the Smash Amiibos uh, being released. You know, there's always, like, one of them that's uh, exclusive to GameStop and, like, one that's exclusive to Target. And at the time, one that's exclusive to Toys R Us. Um, and, uh, you know, all of these, like, various ways that you had to, like, actually find these things. Um, and, like, the only place that was gathering all the information was this r slash uh, Amiibo. And so, like, I... There was a period where I was on that site. I don't go to Reddit, okay? <laughs> but I went to this page regularly for a while and they're a good source of news so those maniacs who i trust um i'm sure they were right on top of this yes yeah, so i guess uh are there any smash brother amiibos that you didn't Do get not the have. first time around that yes. you're like interested in picking up if so, they come out again i think i want to pick up this chic amiibo because i don't have i don't have chic or zelda um but i believe those are the only two um zelda related amiibo of any kind that i don't have um, so it would be nice to uh, to round that out. Um, but the others that you have listed here, Marth, Weefer Trainer, and Jigglypuff, I do have. Um, but there were others. I yeah. just didn't list all of them. Um, there there are others. I mean, including, I, I don't have a Luigi, for example. Um, so some kind of basic stuff that I should, should? What am I, what am I talking about? That I should get? I, I should get these Amiibo? I don't know. I yeah. Uh, will, will I pick up? Is that the question? Will that, I, I guess yeah. That is the question. Yeah, I mean probably. <laughs> no, but so the 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 question that this really poses to me is, and this is to my knowledge, is a question that we don't have an answer to. What is the amiibo functionality with Smash Brothers? What is it in the current game? I'm glad you asked. Um, you can use amiibo, or you can like, you can make like a. Uh, like dummy characters, oh, computer yes, controlled characters, course, yeah. and train them and like save them to an amiibo. So like, um, you can give them you know custom moves and you can equip them with uh, equipment that changes their stats. And then you can fight with them. And as you fight with them, they learn how to fight back against you. And they actually do that in like an active learning kind of way. So if you are spamming projectiles at them, they get good at avoiding projectiles. If you're always doing like a, you know, a down uh, A to like smash from above, they will get very defensive when someone is above them. Um, And they like level up in this way uh, from level one to 50, getting just like stronger and better at, at fighting. And so like a bunch of my amiibos have those like, you know, computer controlled uh, but trained by me characters inside them and i don't know if that's going to be a part of this game but then what do you do with them once that you scan them in so like it's it's a a way to add like one more little like wrinkle to like let's say uh you me and um you know greg smith are hanging out playing uh smash together oh sure oh you know what let's let's get like a, a fourth uh player in here and you know we've all been picking the same character all night um and uh, you know we kind of know how each other play like it might be fun to just like scan in my mario amiibo 
who's always going to be the same color, who's always going to, who's like moves the same and sort of has a virtual like smash personality that we're just like playing against the same character and he gets better. Like it is interesting and it does, it is a fun way to add another computer controlled uh, player that isn't just, you know, random set on like difficulty of four or five or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it would be cool if you were able to take those that you trained on like the Wii U version and bring them to the Switch version. Because you can do that uh, between the Wii U version and the 3DS version. I've done it a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know if, because that is also, that requires you to have the character customization options, which you, you could do in the 3DS and Wii U versions. Um, and, and I don't know if there's going to be any customization in the new version. I don't, I don't know that we've heard anything like that. Yeah, I don't think we've heard anything about it. but. Uh, as the game gets closer to release, I th- think we're due for like a big blowout uh, direct in yeah. the next like three weeks or so. Yeah, we're getting close. Uh, a one month of the, and a half. A month and a half. Ooh. One of the defining char- aspects of early, I was about to say characteristics, but I didn't write that down. So now I'm changing it to say aspects, which conforms with the words I have written. Perfect. One of the defining aspects of early Pokemon game stories uh, was rival characters who bully your character throughout the game. See, you already had the word character in the sentence twice. <laughs> so that's why you didn't want to use characteristics earlier. <laughs> earlier in it. Uh, but fans have noticed that in more recent games, especially in the footage that has been shown for next month's Let's Go games, rivals are a little less jerky than they used to be. Mm. Uh, GameSpot recently published an interview with Let's Go director Junichi Masuda, where he explained the shift, saying, quote, I think the biggest reason that rivals were more of a jerk in the early days is that <laughs> Uh, we were just limited in what we could express with the pixel graphics. There's not much you can do with that kind of little sprite on the screen, so we worked harder to characterize them through dialogue and give them personalities. Also, because it's just dialogue and there's not a whole lot going on on the screen, it, does, it doesn't give it as harsh of an impression, even if they're jerks, I think. Now we have HD graphics and the visuals are much more impressive. If you also made him a jerk, the impression would be a lot stronger on players. Another thing, just my own personal take, is that it feels that people with these kinds of personalities these days are just not as accepted by players as they were back then, end quote. Uh, wow. Uh, what sort of gaming forums is he hanging out on <laughs> where he thinks jerks are not welcome? <laughs> uh, I get, I, it sort of makes sense, right? That um, the more abstract the character is, uh, if he's being mean to you, you're just sort of like, oh, okay, this is just a weird little personality. If he starts to look like a real... Uh, character and it's being mean you're like why is he being mean to me i also wonder do you think that bullies are portrayed differently or less than in like modern kids media i i don't watch a lot of like shows geared at children but i think you know there were always when we were growing up like don't bully people but i feel like the conversation has uh become more focused maybe for lack of a better word yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I, I do feel like for as much uh, like don't bully people as there was, there were a lot of bullies in things that we watched as kids. Right. right? And I'm wondering if this is like the like a, there used to be like the friendly drunk, drunk archetype. Yeah. Right. Sure. Where it's just like, hey, it's the town drunk and he's drunk all the time and it's funny and it's just part of like the town's milieu. milieu. Yeah. Milieu? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. I know, but like, I, you know, thinking uh, like my mind when we're talking about like uh, bullies and kids entertainment that we watch, my mind goes immediately to the adventures of Pete and Pete, which had like a whole uh, cast of bullies. Um, and like, it just, it's something that like made sense to the mythology of the show. 
but I think it sort of like normalizes the idea that there is a kid who is just a bully and not bullying as like a behavior that anyone can take on. Right. And so that's what I wonder. I'm sure but like bullies still exist in children's media. I just wonder if, you know, like we do, we did with like Drinky, the town drunk, if like we have right. changed the way that we address that kind of stuff. Well, The Simpsons, being a 30-year-old show, still has uh, Barney Gumble the drunk, <laughs> and Nelson Muntz, the bully, uh, and Apu. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what The Simpsons is doing anymore. Uh, during an appearance at GeekWire Summit earlier this month, Nintendo of America president Reggie fils was asked how he and the rest of Nintendo's leadership led the company during the dark times of the Wii U. Who asked this question? I don't know. <laughs> it's a uh, ballsy question. <laughs> Uh, your company was bad for a while. <laughs> well, talk I mean, about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so this is this is how he responded. Yeah. Uh, a few days ago, Nintendo celebrated its 129th birthday. 129 years old. So this is a company that has reinvented itself constantly. Many of your of your speakers are talking about an invention of new companies. We reinvent ourselves every five, ten years. We have to in this fast moving entertainment business. The other piece about Nintendo is we always do things differently. It's in our DNA. Doing what other people uh, does is just not what we believe in. The other aspect to this is that we focus on giving consumers experiences that they haven't even thought of. And so when you're constantly going down this path, you create doubters. You create people who, because we're not taking a traditional path, people say, it must not be right. It won't be effective. So whether it's been with the Wii back in 2006, whether it's been with our Nintendo 3DS, whether it's now with the Nintendo Switch, our focus is innovating, giving new experiences, and in doing so, driving our business forward. Lastly, I like that he picks those like the three successful options. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the Virtual, Virtual Boy, Boy <laughs> the Wii U, <laughs> Game Boy Micro. Lastly, this innovation focus doesn't always work, and we're the first to admit that there will always be stumbles along the way. But in the words of one of our presidents, this is Mr. Uh, Yamuchi, he said, when you're doing well, don't be excited about that high-flying performance. And when you're doing poorly, don't be saddened. Always have an even keel and always focus on the next big, big adventure. And that's what we do. End quote. Uh, I like to think that we approach this podcast in much the same way. Oh, we're very even keeled. That's right. Uh, you will never know if you're listening to a good episode of the <laughs> show or a bad episode. And we don't either. No, we're just going to keep on going. <laughs> Uh, Rockman Unity, the Japanese website dedicated to the Mega Man franchise, had an interview with Mega Man 11 producer Kazuhiro uh, Tsuchi. Uh, how do you say that? Uh, Suchaya? Yeah. Suchia? Uh, where he hinted at a separate Mega Man idea that was once in development before they landed on Mega Man 11. Uh, do you want to do this quote? Sure. Uh, quote, since I was thinking of what to do for Rockman's 30-year anniversary, uh, at the same time, I answered... This is uh, to uh, another producer. Um, if we make a game, shouldn't we start right now? It was a coincidence that I was in charge of Rockman Classic Collection too, <clears throat> so I thought that uh, I must go with the flow and make the game right away. Uh, Oda's word back then: "quote It's Capcom's duty to correspond to fans' hope." Uh, left a deep impression in my memory. I could feel how serious he was when he said the word duty. Since then, we put out so many plans and with, uh, sorry, and a lot of people in the company were, was cheering for us. Our initial plan wasn't Rockman 11, actually, but I want this to be released in another form eventually, so details about it will be kept secret for now. Um, so basically just good to know that they, uh, that they take this idea of duty to... Uh, like fulfill fans' hopes seriously, um, and I'm very happy with Mega Man 11. But the fact that they were like dreaming up something else for Mega Man's 30th anniversary, 
That gets me excited, too. Yeah, it's interesting because you're like, oh, what are you going to do with Mega Man? The initial answer is make uh, Mega Man 11. (laughs) Right. Right, And so I wonder, I do wonder what this was um, that would be so different from, like, Mega Man 11. Right. Well, and, like, we've talked before about how there are so many, like, branching paths of Mega Man. There's the X series. There's the Zero series. There's Battle Network. There's the Star Force games that I didn't know anything about until we looked up recently. uh, there's the Legend series. So there are a lot of different things that a new Mega Man game could be. Uh, Mega Man Soccer. You ever play Mega Man Soccer? No, I didn't even know it existed. It is pretty okay. <laughs> That's pretty close to good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocket League's Rocket ID update, which will improve cross-platform play by allowing you to play with friends on different platforms, uh, has been delayed from fall 2018 to early 2019. But according to developer Psyonix, the delay will allow them to implement changes so they can support cross-platform play with Sony in the event that Sony allows them to in the future. Right. So uh, cross-platform play is already mostly possible on uh, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, and PC as it is. Sony's been the lone holdout in that. Um, but the idea of a Rocket ID like system is, is sort of one like meta layer above that that abstracts everyone's data and then makes it so that all of them are able to play together through these rocket IDs. So it's a little bit different from just like my ver- my version on Switch talking to your version on uh, PC. It's making them all shoot to one common source and then like filtering out from there. It, it'll be really interesting. Like I'm just kind of assuming the cross-platform play will be table stakes coming going into whatever like the next generation looks like. And that feels like a potential game changer because I remember uh, I had an Xbox 360 initially. Right. Loved my Xbox 360, but all of my friends ended up getting PS3s. Yes. And so I eventually got rid of my Xbox 360 and I bought a PlayStation 3. But if I'm able to play with my friends who have PS3s when I have an uh, Xbox 360, then that totally changes the dynamics. Yeah. Well, and like... I think we are all like in in the world now where we have two groups of friends, one who (laughs) maybe we have more than two groups of friends, uh, but like there is a group of friends that are playing on one platform and a group of friends who are playing on another platform. And you're just like, well, you know, am I going to commit myself to like one or the other? And if you're picking up a a third party game, if you're picking up like a division or something like what platform are you going to play that on? Like, yeah. And it'll just be cool to like not, the idea of not having to do that calculation is very um like, it's appealing yeah. yeah very appealing but you got to like i i don't know if we're there yet for uh like a big triple a um 60 dollar game like it's it's happened with Fortnite and it looks like it's going to happen with Rocket League but like you know it's going to be n- not going to happen with Black Ops 4 right like it's going to be a while before there's like a big um, $60 full price game where they like make that a priority to play across um, just and this is you know we're starting to talk less about Nintendo because I think Nintendo won't be involved in that conversation just by virtue of not running those uh, games the same way um, but I, I think we're still a little ways away from like one of those companies making it a priority um, when they just be like no maybe you should buy one for your Xbox and another one for your PlayStation so you can play with all your friends uh, we totally missed the boat on this one, but Splatoon 2 held a Halloween-themed Splatfest this past weekend called uh, Splatoween. Okay, hold on. We missed the boat, but Splatoween comes a week and a half before <laughs> Halloween? 
be, no one was like going out trick or treating last weekend. That's gonna happen this weekend. Yeah, look, we're we weren't wrong, of course. Yes, thank. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's the dates that were wrong. <laughs> um, it looks, it does look like it was like really cute. Mm-hmm. Had some special like themed decorations, uh, in um the plaza and everything like that. The rivalry was between Team Trick and Team Treat, and Team Treat ended up winning two to one. Okay. Uh, Team T- Trick was more popular, so I uh remember when they changed Splatfests, like the calculations and everything, a little ways back. Well, it was like the yeah, and like the categories too, right? There were it wasn't right. It was uh, it doesn't matter what it what it went from. It was like from from like ca- casual ranked and uh, who chose which one more is what it is now. Uh huh. And I think before it was like solo team, and then you know whichever one was picked more but we didn't know what solo and team meant right or i certainly didn't i'm saying we (laughs) yes you and i um and uh after they made that update i speculated that maybe the because what was happening previously was that the most popular choice would pretty consistently always end up losing the splatfest yes and then the last time we talked about a Splatfest, that did not happen. Right. So this was, Mark was using this as evidence that, you know, the arc of history veers towards uh, justice, right? Yes. Yeah, of course. Um, but this is, this is borne out not to be true in this case, right? Yes, sadly. Um, because in this instance, uh, Team Treat, which ended up winning, was least popular. So no one knows. Right. And as you always note, all these numbers may be made up anyways. Totally made up. You would never know. Finally, speaking of spooky Nintendo updates, Nintendo released a new costume for Super Mario Odyssey that's definitely Halloween appropriate. It's a zombie outfit. Yes. Mario takes an axe to the head. To the head. I have to admit, I clutched my pearls a little bit. You this did. Was unsurpri- this was surprising. Uh, you, unsurprising? It was unexpected uh, and surprising. And surprising. Very good. <laughs> Combine those together. <laughs> unsurprising. <laughs> Uh, I think it's cool. I like um, the fact that they have been continuing to add costumes to Mario Odyssey. I would like them to add something a little bit more substantial so I could do something with those costumes. Um, but, uh, you know, there was a while where they were just adding the brutal costumes, which is, like, okay. But yeah, scraping the bottom of the barrel, for a, sure. It is, because, like, I've got no affinity for the brutals. Like, I sort of remember that I fought them There's last a tall year. one. Yep, there's a fat one. Probably. He might be green. I think the tall one is yellow. No one knows is the thing. Um, And then here's one that's a zombie. Mario's eyes are blank. His flesh is rotting off his face. And there's an axe buried in his skull. No, I think the reason why I was surprised is like an axe buried in the skull is fairly violent. The implication is that he was murdered. The implication is that two, like two things, either three things either happened. Okay. One, he picked up juggling. And <laughs> miscued, right? And it landed in his head. He was feeling overly confident with the clubs. Exactly. <laughs> Someone two, handed him axes. <laughs> two. He was walking around a hardware store. Uh huh. Um. Boom. Axe to the head. Oh, sure. Something was on a high shelf. Yes. He started climbing up. The shelf started like swaying back and forth. <laughs> he lost his balance. Wah! And then an axe comes. Third. Uh huh. He was murdered. He was murdered by Gimli the dwarf, <laughs> son of Glowin. <laughs> Uh, just a little surprising. I mean, maybe maybe Mario dies of natural causes, and someone uh, 
like no here's what happens uh mario and the mario gang are camping right uh-huh. they're in like a cabin mm-hmm. and it's getting cold because it's nighttime right sure yeah um so like Mar- mario go out and and chop the wood and uh-huh. he's like it's a me mario and he does it right uh but he suffers uh an extreme heart attack well swinging the axe and he dies right there on could the spot. happen to anybody could happen to anyone right especially someone who uh you know it, he's got like a, he's like he's got some like weight right yeah for sure, sure. Mario's at a heart attack risk. Let's just assume that that's true. Um, and then, uh, so everyone's like waiting for Mario to come back. He doesn't come back. They're like, should, should someone go out there and check on him? Uh, but by this point, it started to snow. And Luigi's like, look, we can worry about where Mario is later. I'm going to go chop some firewood or we're, we're all going to freeze to death. So Luigi goes out there. Mario's already dead, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's been covered in a thin layer of snow. Ah. And Luigi is like, well, I got to. He doesn't see his brother. His, Why, how his could you? It's, it's dark and it's snowing. That's right. Um, but he does see the like chunks of wood that he's got to start breaking up for firewood. <laughs> so he you know, puts him on the thing. And he's swinging the axe. Um, and he's Luigi, right? So he's a klutz. A dummy. He's a dummy. So he just misses the wood that he set up on like the tree stump there. And the axe goes right into his brother's skull oh that is the spookiest halloween tale ever told (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. i've heard if you're camping in uh just outside of brooklyn around halloween time and you listen really quietly you can still hear all right mark let's get out of the news Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, remember to come back on Thursday if you want to navigate an insane labyrinth of <laughs> how you can buy Starlink the Battle for Atlas. And, of course, Dark Souls uh, Remastered on Switch. An insane labyrinth of its own kind. That's right. A diegetic labyrinth. Um, remember, rate, review, subscribe, and all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify is a place where you can find us. You can also find us on the website for the network that we are on, What's a Creative? Or no. What's our name now? Campfire. We are campfire.media, I think is the website. I think that's right. You can find us there. Or you can find us anywhere where you find podcasts. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKA Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. Or you can get us on Facebook. We are just Nintendo Cartridge Society there. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we do write about comic books on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, It's a me, Mario. And thanks for listening. Campfire.